0: I'm Kim Grinnells of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. Day five at University of Washington Fall Camp 2019, which will be the last practice we're able to attend. Everything else will be shut down for the media. And you're going to say that there's a scrimmage, but that's open to season ticket holders? Picture day. Saturday. Okay, picture day. Is that this Saturday? This coming Saturday. Saturday, yep. It's at 150
1: for people that want to be here.
0: All right. Forgot about that.
2: But, I mean, that's about it. I mean, that, that's it after that yeah. from a reporting standpoint.
0: Yeah, so um, anyways, uh, another beautiful day out on Lake Washington, a little bit warmer. They were outside, not inside like they were yesterday, but uh, a little bit of a breeze off the lake, which impacted maybe the kicking a little bit, which we'll talk to. Scott's already laughing about the kicking. It, but, it impacted one person, not the other one. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, really nice day again out on the shores of Lake Washington and all eyes again on the quarterbacks. What'd you see, Scott?
2: I saw a very poised and confident Jacob Eason. He looks like, and maybe it's too strong a word, but I don't know how else to describe it. He looks like a different quarterback to me than I saw in the spring, and maybe that should be the case because he's feeling more comfortable, feels better in the offense and things like that. Um, Jake Hayner still had, a I thought, a solid day. I mean, he wasn't terrible. Um, J- Jacob Sermon was up and down. Dylan Morris had a few nice plays, a few, few bad plays, so... Um, I thought overall it was
1: a good day for
0: the quarterbacks. Another interception by Jay Kaner today, Chris.
1: Well, yeah, all of the quarterbacks had interceptions, except for the one that Jacob Eason threw was negated because of a pass interference. It was intended for, who was it intended? Marquis Spiker. that's right, Marcus Spiker, but uh, Kyler Gordon was called for pass interference, but Cameron Williams made a heck of a play, dive and play, playing that ball hawk type free safety, um, just came across and made a wonderful play on it. So other than that, the other three guys got picked. Uh, Jake sure. Kander, again, Jake Kander had two touchdowns, two touchdown drives at the final period. Um, I thought that was really telling because I agree with Scott. I think in, in general, I think Jacob Eason just looks comfortable. It looks like he's just playing the game now. The ball's coming out quick. He knows where he's going. He's not thinking as much, at, at least it looks like on the surface. Yeah. But Jake Cainer's putting the ball in the end zone, so the, the competition's continuing.
0: Yeah, it looks to me it looks like Easton's not taking as many chances. Jake Cainer's definitely out there gambling a little bit more, uh, throwing balls. The interception that he had, I'm, it was another one of those throws. Like the minute he's halfway through his throwing motion, he's going, "Okay, I shouldn't be throwing this," and that resulted in the pa- uh, interception. That was Kyler Gordon, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yep. it was in ball intended for Ty Jones.
0: Yeah, so a nice pick by Kyler Gordon. and That's a little bit of a battle over there with that outside corner between Dominic Campton and Kyler Gordon. Is that a battle, do you think? I'm not going to say no because I don't know for sure, but <laughs> Kyler Gordon,
2: in the spring, those two sw- swapped. Those guys, you know, one guy would get one day, he'd be with the ones, and then the next day he'd be with the twos, and the other guys would be with the ones. So um, I haven't seen that this camp. It's all been Kyler Gordon outside opposite Keith Taylor. So um, right now I don't want to say it's not a competition. I mean, the coaches would say they compete all day, all the time, in everything they do, and that's how we figure out who's going to be the starter. But whoever loses the spot, loses, quote-unquote, loses the spot, is still going to play a ton this fall. So it really doesn't matter one way or the other. But that being said, I think right now the starting secondary, in my eyes, at least right now and we've said this before it could look completely different
0: when you're talking starting secondary you're talking in the nickel package yeah, the, which is their which is their normal base. their
2: base defense is uh Cameron Williams and Miles Bryant at safety um, Miles or uh Elijah Molden at the slot corner nickel whatever you want to call it and then um, uh, Gordon and Taylor on the outside I,
1: Kyler, what I, yeah no, what not, I, yeah what Kyler, yeah what I was going to say was Is that when you look at their top six based on the personnel that that Jimmy Lake and Will Harris were rotating in today, you had, you know, Miles Bryant, you had Cameron Williams, you had Keith Taylor, Elijah Molden, but then you had Dominique Campton and Kyler Gordon. Where's Brandon McKinney? Mm-hmm. Where, you know where's Julius Ervin? Where I mean, there are some really good players right now that are being left behind in this competition, which I find to be really, really interesting. And I think it's going to be even more interesting to see down the line what they can do to try to kind of get back in the mix. Because right now, that looks like the top six, and I'm not sure how much that's going to change. That's what's sc- so scary about Cameron Williams. Because there have been other guys who've come
2: into the program and started as true freshmen in the secondary. But that was when maybe the numbers were down. Buda Baker, Sidney Jones, those guys started as freshmen. Part of that was because they were just so depleted from experience. Buda Baker, I think, would eventually start and probably Sidney Jones too. But those guys were forced to start no matter what. Desmond Trufant's another one who halfway through his, his freshman year ends up starting for Washington. Um, but the fact that Cameron Williams has worked his way at least to our eyes and what we've seen on the field to be in the first unit – with the kind of talent Washington has recruited at, the, at in the secondary, that's just
0: ridiculous. And I'm not convinced that Irvin is completely 100% back from the injury. He may be 100% healthy, but he still looks a little rusty coming back from the injury. And I'm beginning to wonder if maybe Brandon McKinney had a little something-something going on in the offseason, too. There's
2: there's all That's possible that we just didn't know about it or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I think I said it yesterday, or I'm sorry, uh, Sunday, that – Julius Ervin does not look like the explosive athlete that we saw in his high school tape now. He just doesn't look like that same guy. And I'm wondering if there, I know he had the shoulder injury, but I'm wondering if there's something else that's maybe lingering that that we don't know
1: about. Yeah, what was also interesting, too, is that if you, we'd have to go back and look at the ratings and rankings for 24-7 sports, but of the four DBs that came in as true freshmen, wasn't Cameron Williams the lowest rated of the 4 because you he got was Fabi, Fabi- Colanin, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he was. Maybe he was rated higher uh, than Cameron Fabi Colanin. Yeah, I think. But he was. Asa Turner, I don't think he was rated higher than. Definitely not Trent McDuffie. No. And those guys are getting. Those guys are. I wouldn't say they're starting to become afterthoughts, but they're starting. There is starting to become some separation with that other younger group from that top six, in my opinion. But again, Alex Cook, um, Brandon McKinney. Some of these other guys, man, they're they they need to step up because right now I think, again, that top six started to
0: kind of maybe eke away a little bit. Maybe it's, at some point practices all start to run together. Did Ace Turner have an interception today as
2: well? Yes, he did. Okay. Yeah, he did. Um, off of Morris, was Don't it? Off lose, so. Yeah, yeah,
0: Morris. Yeah, and. He's big and long back there.
2: He is. He is. Still a little bit skinny. Looks like a point guard to me more than a more than a safety. I I think that guy could really benefit from a year of not playing much, maybe just getting his four games in and then calling it quits. Um, and then coming back next year, as what is he, 180? I think I'm he's right, closer one. to
1: 190. 190, like one, okay.
2: Because yeah. he lost like 15 pounds, though, after he got here, didn't he? Right, I, he, he I was don't He was remember. like 205 maybe or 204? Two, I 29. don't
1: know. All what? I know is that when I saw him at the Polynesian Bowl in January, he was doing that ball hawk thing mm-hmm. too. He was all well, over the place. He I, had a pick in that game too. I'd like
2: to see him at around 200, 205, but maybe in a different – Like maybe he had to reshape his body, get rid of weight in one area and whatever. But I'd like to see him come back as a redshirt freshman next year and really push for playing time. He's so long, and he's a natural receiver. He was a really good receiver at Carlsbad the last couple years. So um, they were doing a a high-point drill for the safeties coming over and high-pointing a ball that was intended for a guy running down the sidelines. And he had a couple really nice ones. So did Alex Cook.
1: Those guys are really long. Uh, athletic safety. Yeah, those are those are kind of the starting to become the, the prototypical mm-hmm. Jimmy Lake Will Harris type guys you know mm-hmm. if you're if you want to play in the secondary you've probably got to be a minimum six foot nowadays unless you're a McDuffie type and you can be a 5'11 guy but you got to be special you got to have something really unique and, and great about you to play at that size mostly they're looking at six two and beyond we were talking about Fabi Colon and, and I mean I don't want to fall too much off topic but you talk about his size and whatnot Look at him when he was compared with, like, Taj Davis when they were going up against He's Taj Davis is huge. Mm -hmm. Taj Davis, he's listed at 6'2". He's got to be at least – I mean, he's a legit 6'2". I would think he's closer to 6'3", which is what they have Puka Dukua at, who also I thought had a phenomenal day today too if we want to talk about receivers. But I think uh, Taj Davis could be a guy that might sneak up on some people. I don't know if he's done enough so far through 5 days but boy he lo- he passes the look test big time.
0: Yeah, and just a reminder to the people listening to this and haven't been out to practice. It's non-contact practice. I mean, it's just basically shorts and some shoulder pads. There's a little I bit of ba- say
2: no contact. W- well, though.
0: it's difficult to get an idea of the running backs, offensive line and defensive line because there's just, it's just it's not that type of football. The only That's why we're talking a lot about the defensive backs and the coverage and the, and the passing game and the wide receivers because it's just so difficult to tell with the other positions. But, you know, if you want to get over to the wide receivers, uh, Jordan Chin had a nice catch, and, boy, that didn't feel good, did it?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, it was right in front of you and me. and um, We he, knew that was going to yeah, hurt. Yeah, because he landed. He went up high to catch the pass. It was about a 30-yard, 40-yarder <clears throat> from Jacob Eason. And he came down right on his back. I mean, right on, on his back. You can and see the wind coming yeah, out of his lungs. Like, I was like, oh, he's going to feel that. And he he stayed on the ground for a second, caught caught his wind. Junior Adams told him to get up. And he go, you're okay. Get up. Let's go. <laughs> and he got him up. So I think one of the things, and I'm not. gonna laugh laugh because yeah, it doesn't yeah, hurt oh, us. Oh, yeah. I've done that to myself before. I'm sure when. Either of you have played something before and done that. It it does not feel good. the The thing is, um, I think one thing that Junior Adams is going to install in this in this wide receiver group that maybe we haven't seen over the last couple years um, with with uh, Matt Lubick is just a toughness. I think the expectation is for them to be a more physical receiver group. I think they've recruited bigger athletes, so they want them to be more physical. Saw Austin Osborne make a nice catch and run and ran through some tacklers, um, really burst through it. you know, I think that might be one of the things that's holding Marquis Spiker back from being really a playmaker in Washington's offense at this point. I just don't think he's playing very physical brand of football. And I think that's what Junior Adams expects out of his guys. We saw Puka Nakua today. Puka's gonna play this year. Yeah, he's gonna play this year, but we saw that catch uh with now granted it was another guy who kinda of yeah. went down
1: and was feeling it a yeah, little bit yeah. and was told the to- Get up, yeah, get up, and let's he, go.
2: and he gathered himself and got right back up, and he, he
1: went yeah. and played some more later.
2: Yeah, he did, but mi- he had Michelle Powell on him. Yes, it's a walk-on freshman la- corner, but he's still a pretty good corner prospect. And was it Dylan Morris that threw it to him? I can't remember. I think it was Dylan Morris that threw it high. Nakua went up and caught it, and both of them went. But he went down. He they, he went up in the middle of coverage yeah. and caught it. So it was it was an impressive catch, even though it what. 10 15 yards it wasn't anything spectacular from that standpoint but i i really like so and then and then you throw in Trey Lowe and Chico McClatcher and with the threat they can be out of still you're stealing so, my sorry, thunder man sorry, but just this <laughs> this wide receiver group has really cha- the face of it has really changed and now you're seeing a lot more playmakers in it than we saw in the past couple of years i was
1: going to say from the wideouts from what i've seen is that whether it's a Aaron Fuller or Becelli Quentin Pounds, whatever, it feels like a new name is kind of emerging every day. There's kind of a different guy, which I think they like. I think they obviously want the consistency, but they also want the battle such where one guy can emerge at any given time and kind of start to show why they could be explosive, why they can make plays on the edge. But when you add in Chico McClatch or you add in Trey Lowe, what they've been able to do, especially Chico – yeah, he to me, he's he shouldn't be my surprise at the camp because we know what he's capable of doing. But we just there was such a, a question mark: what is he going to be like where's when his he comes mind, back? What, his body. exactly? And and he looks better than ever, in my opinion.
0: We talk about Chico McClatcher and how explosive he is, and a lot of people will look at Trey Lowe and go, well, he's the heir apparent, you know, or he's the backup to Chico. Uh, no, it's Andre Pacelli because I think he's at a really good camp, and they're finding different ways to get him the ball, and he's doing some nice things out of the backfield as well.
1: Well, and they've shown that over the years they'll do that with Pacelli. With they'll get the ball in his hands, in space, however they're going to do that, and um, he can do some damage for but sure. He's one of the
0: fastest guys on the team.
1: He is, definitely, there's no doubt about it, but I would say that when you know schematically how they like to use those guys, you look at size, Chico McClatcher's like 5'8", 183. Trey Lowe's like 5'8", 182. I mean, they're literally almost physically clones of each other. Um, I wouldn't say they run the ball the same. I wouldn't say that they do things in a, in a really almost kind of clone-like way, but they definitely have... Uh, a way of getting production Kim and and just and and to be able to get down the field because once they get the ball in their hands they really turn into true running backs and that's something we saw at, with both of them in high school
0: and i think that you know with those three Bocelli, uh Trelo and Chico Chico's the most violent of the three.
2: Yeah, i would agree with that but um i don't want to i don't want to throw out this comparison haphazardly. But the explosion I have seen from him in these first five days, and especially, yeah, from Chico in these last couple days, but especially today when we (laughs) saw him take the ball on that end around and just blast up, it reminded me of John Ross from just the explosion. Not necessarily, he's not as fast as John Ross was.
1: Well, I'm going to step back just just a half foot off the ledge. Maybe not John Ross, but how about Jadon Mickens? Okay.
2: Uh, I think he's – I think it's faster than Jadon. I like Jadon, well, but,
1: but – Well, you said explosiveness, but, I mean, are we talking about also quickness, yeah. ability to cut, those types I of just, things? I just the, – just the way he went – Because he's not – because Jadon and, and Chico are not built
2: alike. I don't want to I'm not say, saying that. I don't want to say, say Chico went from zero to 60, but he was going – he went from – 25 miles an hour to 150 miles an hour, the same way John Ross went from 25 miles an hour to 150 miles an hour. Just It reminded me so much of John Ross, the way he took off today.
0: And what we've seen in the past, what everybody else has seen in the past with Chico, this is a different Chico McClatcher. It's a more mature. I think he's more explosive, um, more violent. He seems to, um, maybe he knows the end is near and this is his shot, but uh, I think he's a totally different, um, he's taken his game up a whole another level from what I've seen.
1: It feels like it, and it feels like the quarterbacks understand that. They've been finding him, getting him the ball. He's been getting open. So I think it's been a good relationship so far because it hasn't been just you know, Jacob Eason. It hasn't been just Jake Hayner. It hasn't been just the other quarterbacks. It's All of those guys have been trying to target number six and finding him, and I'd say the same thing about uh, Trey
0: Lowe as well. Hunter Bryant, Jack Westover, Devin Culp, Kate Otten. Any comments on any of those guys?
2: No. How nice would it be to have Jacob Kaiser too? But uh, those four look really good. Um, I'm, you know, Hunter. I talked to Hunter after practice today, and and he looked just outstanding. I I think he's been probably one of the most consistent playmakers on the on the field, aside from Chico, on offense uh, this week uh, or the five practices we've seen. Uh, Devin Culp actually walked up to me, and, and, and I asked him about his mom because, we you know, we he knows me from the recruiting game. And he says, yeah, my mom's going to be a, a grandma here pretty soon. And I went, what? What? And he goes, oh, no, my sister, not me. <laughs> so But uh, Devin, Devin seems to be – last year I think he was really pressing. I think he was really feeling the pressure, I think, of becoming a tight end at a, at a D1 school when he played running back most of his life. I just think he didn't know exactly where he fit or anything, and he was having some, some just some concerns off the field and things like that. I think all that's behind him. You, do you think you get the sense he's kind of found his niche? I do, I do. He looks, he's physical, yeah, he's, posing. he's, he is. I still think he could stand to lose five to ten pounds and be just a little bit leaner. Oh, but, man, but he looks good. <laughs> but he does look good. He's running really well. He's catching almost everything. I say, thrown it certainly his way. doesn't
1: look like it's hampering him down the field that much. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's not going to look like a deer compared to like a Westover, yeah, yeah. for instance, oh. or, a Kate, or a Kate Auten, because both yeah. those guys run really, really well for, for their, their size. size yeah. But, uh, you know, not going to knock Corey Luciano at all, at all. But, you know, they – Yeah. He, he's I, I think, not out there to catch the ball. That right. is not but what I mean, he's out there But I think, Col- I think Colt understands that he probably hasn't found that equilibrium yet where he's at the perfect weight for him, mm-hmm. where he can be as strong as he needs to be in the, in the, in the run game but can also get down the field as fast as he needs to and can still have that quickness.
2: He had at least three catches today that I thought were pretty impressive, and a couple of them were adjusting to the ball in the air, like a ball had to be thrown on a back shoulder. He wasn't ready for it, but he still was able to turn and catch it. You
1: don't see that from guys his size who aren't athletic. I was going to say real quick, though, Kim, if they can get anything from Devin Culp this year in the pass game, it's a bonus. And, I, and I, I don't know, I probably would have said that even with Jacob Kaiser in there because Kaiser has never really, that's never been mm-hmm. his forte. He's always been kind of a, a run game first guy. But Devin Kolb, I mean, if he can add something to with, with Auten and Bryant, I mean, that now all of a sudden is a three-headed monster that's legitimate.
0: Remember playing basketball when you were a kid and you'd catch a hard pass and your knuckle would just get jammed oh, and how bad it would yeah. hurt? Yeah, Hunter, Hunter Bryant had one of those yeah. today. It was a fastball. I believe it was from Jacob he Eason.
2: Took off his glove. He, he, he Right
1: after it hit,
2: I was you, like, ooh, that guys, didn't sound right. Well, let's be and let's
1: be clear. He, he came back in. Oh, so absolutely.
2: It he was fine. Was and just
1: I, one of those quick ones.
2: Yeah, just one of those ones where you just jammed his finger
1: probably more I don't, than I don't know if this is a good comparison, but it's like one of those where it's 7.30 in the morning, and you, you've got an early tea time, and you're trying to hit a ball on the range, and then all of a sudden you hit it the wrong way. Oh, yeah. And the and the, and the reverberation yeah. from the club just goes right up your arm and in your elbow, and it just feels, sweet spot every time. <laughs> oh, so. Feels it was, like just feels like you just you're dead or, armed or a bat in a cold yeah, weather, same whatever, thing, whatever it is. Same thing. But
2: yeah, I mean, he you. It didn't sound good, and he was like he yelled, yeah. and he took his glove off, and he's like this, and I was looking, I was trying to see on his, because they have white pants, and I was trying to see right. if he, I was like, is it pointing the wrong way? You know, I was trying to see if he dislocated, but nah. it didn't look like it. My guess is he just jammed it pretty good. So and, we
0: laughed at Hunter Bryant, and we laughed at Jordan Chin today.
2: You laughed at Jordan Chin. I was just like, ooh, that looked we like knew, it hurt. We, you know? we knew what I was knew going what was We like knew he game.
0: was going to be fine.
1: Yeah. But you got to remember, Kim, he played the position, so. Yeah,
0: yeah I, well. Not at his level, (laughs) but, yeah, I did. Um, uh, Any other freshmen that really jumped out at you today, Scott? Um,
2: I'm trying to think. You know, uh, Julius Bulow and and, uh, Nate um, Nate Cleppo were playing left tackle and right tackle, respectively. Um, By
0: the way, Nate just turned 18. Yeah, he
2: did. His birthday was yesterday. I saw the the tweets from his mom on – because all the players got to
0: celebrate he's with him he's younger than a lot of recruits Oh, I know that I know in high school this year yeah
2: um but I you know Fetters actually kind of pointed this out so maybe I shouldn't steal his thunder oh, but but, but um leatu Latu and um uh Zion Zion, Zion uh, Tupola fatui were out there with the number one team and number one unit uh on as the edge guys, and uh oh that is a big. I've been kind of
1: I've been kind of looking for it a little bit yeah. ever since you, I saw Latu at the Polynesian Bowl. Yeah. I'm like, okay, physically he totally fits the bill. Now it's just a matter yeah. of can he pick it up? How quickly is he going to get it mentally? So he's just playing was that a little just
2: bit. One series, I believe was it was it just that whole. Sit- I believe it was just okay. the one
1: series where Jake Hayner was running with the ones, but they got yeah they got in a little bit and it was him and and Zion and, then and
2: Levi and and uh, Bronson that were right. the were the two. Guys in the middle. That is a right. big
1: D line. Yeah, and so they, I mean, it, it looked good though. I mean, I mean, he does not look at all like he's a freshman. Mm-hmm. I mean, the stage does not look too big for him right now.
0: The kicking game, Scott.
2: Okay, well, we can talk about it. Um, I didn't bring my notes with me from the distances, but I think that they. 39 they, were they the last so ones. it was thirty-two, thirty-seven, thirty-nine. I believe is the three kicks that they did where they were live with a with a rush, okay. and. Um, Pat, uh, Peyton Henry, I've wanted to say Patrick Henry for whatever reason. Peyton Henry. Um, Made all three of his and he boomed them. He, they look good. You, you noticed it last really week and up. you, yeah, and he's, he's hitting the ball better than he's ever hit it, at least here at UW. And um, Tim Horn made one and missed his last two.
1: One so, left, one wide left, one wide
2: right. And yeah. I think
1: one of them got tipped a little yeah, bit. The last one. Yeah.
2: yeah. And the wind was, it was windy, but it didn't impact Peyton Henry.
0: Are so, comfortable with a 39-yard field goal attempt with the I'm, game on the line? I'm or? much
2: more comfortable with Peyton Henry now after seeing him kick. Because last year, he was shaky. This year, I haven't seen the shakiness. The velocity
0: yeah. of his Ab- kick has he's increased. He's booming him. Yeah. He's
2: almost hitting. He's drilling them. yeah. From 39 yards, he's almost hitting the tower. um behind where, where they're filming from right. he'd
1: be he'd be putting them into the softball stadium if it wasn't for a net yeah so that'll tell you a little bit about the, from 39 yards out too so right. yeah and so yeah seeing the difference between you know, a year ago kim and now yeah i mean you could you could make the argument he's made as much improvement to his game as anybody in terms of last year to this year
2: now some people on the sidelines that i've been talking to think that tim horn will be your kickoff guy because he's got a wouldn't big, big me. leg. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise and me And Henry all. will be your, your kicker or your regular place kicker. And then maybe Tim Horn comes in if they have to attempt like a 55-yarder or something, and they don't feel comfortable with Henry doing it at that point. Right now,
1: I, I think Henry's leg is yeah. just as long as, as, as yeah. Tim, Tim if, Horn If is.
2: Henry can be consistent from 40 to 50, that's really what you want from your kicker. Anything under 45 to 50, anything under that, if you can be 85, 90 percent, golden but but if you have that long one it's just i i don't know if he's there yet but uh, the way he's hitting the ball i wouldn't be surprised if they're going to be comfortable because how he only attempted three last year over 40 and okay. made one of them it was okay. a 41 yarder
1: the one I, ironically out of oregon
2: yeah and neck this year i will be surprised if it's less than five that they try
1: i talked it i talked about it at the last either the last um podcast or the one before where Again, last year, I think the inability of the kicking game to offer assurance that they would have a a high success rate really kind of steered Chris Peterson into certain decision makings, you know, in terms of fourth and short or kick a field goal. I think they went for it a lot more often than he probably would. Or the quick kick. Yeah. Or the quick kick. Or the quick kick. So I think this year you're going to see more attempts. From forty-five to fifty yards, because now I think they feel confident they have a guy who can do it. One other thing: Do
2: we know how good a, of a kicker Jake Hayner or uh, Jacob Eason is? Oh, on the quick kicks, yeah. Because Browning well, was pretty money.
1: I guarantee you, they're gonna they're gonna be practicing it. There's no doubt. I guarantee Hayner's probably practiced it. I'm sure yeah. he has. Yeah. So also, I would I would say too, Kim, this was probably the first time we've seen really any sort of live punting as well. And to me, there's no doubt that Joel Whitford is the guy. I mean, you know, he's kicking those knucklers and just, you know, putting them 45, 50 yards in a corner. It's exactly how you draw them up. Um, It's interesting with Race Porter. I don't know if it's just kind of his style or if he's being asked to specifically do this to kind of create some difficulty for the return teams because Chico McClatcher and Aaron Fuller have been the main return guys, Fuller and then Chico. But he's been hitting those just – bullet line drives that only go about maybe 10 feet off the ground, and they, they can cause some problems. So I'm wondering if they're going to try to utilize some, some interesting techniques and interesting um, game planning when it comes to that, because obviously with the, with the, with the rugby-style kicker, he can kick to all fields, mm-hmm. and we saw that. You know, He would roll out to the right, but and then sometimes he left. would click, kick it clear over to the left. And so they've got a lot of, uh, a lot of weapons and a lot of um, versatility in their punt arsenal. Play of the day, Scott.
2: Uh, I, I'm going to go with the what, 15 to 20 yard touchdown. Let's say it's 15. Maybe about 15 yards. 15. Then. Let's say it's 15 yard touchdown pass from Jake Hayner to Jack Westover in the back of the end zone on the last second to last um, team session, and uh, it Hayner actually threw it before Westover even made his move, and then Westover dove, did he dive for it or just fall he catching just, he kind it? He yeah. kind of
1: leaped up and grabbed it. <clears throat> And then fell when he came down. He kind of high-pointed it to a certain extent. But yeah, he basically kind of almost guarded it with his body, Mm -hmm. was able to get over the top, and then just, yeah, just kind of fell down.
2: Yeah, and that. That erupted the whole offensive side erupted on that one, so that was that was what my play of the day was.
0: Play of the day touchdown from Jake Kaner to Jack Westover, first one to post that out on the hardcore football board. We'll set you out a betting slip that I bought down in Vegas washington thirty to one to win the national championship, twenty dollar ticket. So if they win the national championship this year, six hundred dollar bill for you uh, again, just the first one to what are you laughing? At? I, just, I just I see you doing the math. <laughs> <laughs> I just thumped okay, him. you just thumped me in the head. His first one, Jack West over the catch from uh, Jay Kaner, uh, posted on the Hardcore Football Board, and we'll go ahead and get that betting slip out to you. Now you're laughing at us. We're laughing mm-hmm. at players, and you're laughing we're at me. You're laughing at me. laughing at yourself. Okay. Uh, anything else we need to yeah, go over, guys? Final we thoughts, got,
1: go? We only
2: got five practices. How come we're all kind of goofy Cause right cause now?
0: Because they all start to look the same. Yeah. We're already hitting the dog days. <laughs> we're in the
2: dog days. Um, as far as final thoughts, um, really impressed with the progress that the quarterbacks have made they they look from the first practice to now they just look like they look better they look more in control they look they look more confident and I think some of that has to do with throwing to the receivers the receivers are getting open and making plays um, and uh, I don't think people need to be worried about the defense the defense is just fine it, you know Washington's taking more chances than they've taken before so um, overall I think first five days looked really good. I'm looking forward to coming to Saturday's uh, practice um, and then just kind of getting the thoughts from the coaches and players over the next couple weeks. Chris Fetters, final thoughts?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, too, I kind of echo Scott's to a certain extent. I would just say, overall, the whole offense, I thought, has looked really, really strong. Um, Just in, in, in leading with the offense, the quarterbacks have done a nice job, all four of them. But again, you're starting to see the separation between Jake Hayner and Jacob Eason kind of taking a little bit more and more snaps. I think you're going to see that continue to kind of that, that uh, divide a little bit. Because I think maybe there's another few more practices maybe before Bush Hamden really starts to kind of dig into what they're going to do game plan-wise and, and how the quarterback competition is going to met out. Because by then you'll have probably a good two weeks of film it'll you know you'll be able to justify something it won't be something where the other quarterbacks are going to go well, you didn't give us enough no they'll have plenty of turns that they can look at so I'd say that the other thing I would say real quick that we haven't really touched on the intensity and the energy and the excitement right now with this entire team is palpable. We saw it at the team period at the very end when guys are are jumping off side or there's a there's a little there's a little wiggle on the offensive line and the defense is going crazy on the sidelines and they're with the officials there and they're making these judgment calls and all this, both sides are taking their shots. But you can tell anytime time, like, you know, one of the offensive linemen starts to just all of a sudden break a little, the, the defense will just go crazy. Oh. I mean, the, the competition level right now is fierce. And uh, it's fun to see because they did it in front of a lot of people today. Um, it was fun a lot on the sidelines. So it has been, yeah, there was probably maybe 20 or 30 guys that were out there kind of watching. Um, we got Jen Cohen was out here today as well. So, you know, a bunch of different people out there and, and just, I thought overall the intensity and the excitement and the energy was great. And I think they've been keeping that up for the first five days and I expect that to continue.
0: One thing just, we haven't talked about, I'll touch on it just real quick, quickly. Um, This offensive line, you know, talking to Nick Harris, talking to Trey Adams, and you look at Jackson Kirkland and uh, uh, Wattenberg, they got some swagger. You know, Uh, I think that, uh, you know, they'll tell you that it doesn't matter that Oregon got named in Phil Steele's magazine as the number one offensive line in the conference. Yeah, I think they're going to have to prove something on that. So uh, it'll be interesting with this offensive line because it's talented and it's experienced. And it's big, so it'll be interesting to watch that. Five days of practice. We, we've seen all, pretty much all we're going to see. The practice, you know, on Saturday will be open, and they're not going to show much. They're just going to go through a lot of fundamentals and a lot of drill, and it'll be kind of like well, the spring. Yeah, they'll go through a little bit of a dog, eat, dog and pony show and show. But, you know, it's a good I, good chance for the fans to come out and see this stuff. But, uh, you know, after about five days, you know, all the practices start to run together. We're pretty much seeing the same thing. So, um,. It's just a reminder, if you want those daily updates as well as breaking news alerts, shoot us a note, huskystadium at gmail.com. Subject line newsletter, we'll go ahead and get you on that list and get you those regular updates as well as breaking news updates. Um... Even though practice is not open, we still have uh, media availability. So we've still got a lot of content coming uh, from dogman.com. So just because we're not at practice doesn't mean there's not a lot going on. So for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. Go Dogs.